Hello uh, and welcome back to the 5V podcast. We're delighted to have you. Um, today I'm lucky enough to be joined by Rob Recht, um, who is the Head of Internet Things and API uh, Integration from Amis Conclusion. Rob Recht, welcome. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. Thanks for having me. No, that's absolutely That's nice. Absolutely fine. Nice being here. We're, we're looking forward to having you. So uh, without further ado, let's jump straight in it, right? Let's introduce yourself to everybody. Um, so if you could just give us a little bit of a background on yourself, Rob Reck, how you how you got into the wonderful world of technology and uh, and where Amis Conclusion came from. Yeah, I've been working in technology for more than 20 years. Uh, uh, always with um, newest technology uh, and the last five years we've been focusing with Amy's conclusion and on the Internet of Things, uh, developing it from the perspective of IT. So most IT uh, platforms are being developed from the OT perspective, operational technology perspective. We've been uh, doing this from an IT perspective since we're, uh, as Amy's conclusion is already working integration in uh, complicated systems for the past 20 years. Uh, so for us, it's just an addition to uh, integrating systems. And then again, the data is coming from a sensor instead of another system. Perfect. Um, and as a brief introduction to where you came from, so uh, Amis Conclusion, you give us a little bit of a background about that. So let's, start, let's deep dive into that. So what is Amis, Amis Conclusion? What, what's your mission, uh, is, yeah, as that sounds? Um, we, our mission is to make more information, more value from data in a more generic sense. And we do that by uh, uh, utilizing this or capabilities uh, to enterprise companies who realize that data is very important for them and they want to be uh, use this data in a, in a reliable and trustworthy way, uh, of course, with security and scalability uh, topics as well. Um, and I'm his conclusion is a Dutch-based uh, consulting firm, a part of a larger company called Conclusion, and we work for uh, uh, critical organizations in the, the Netherlands, um, and that means we work for for utility companies, for the Dutch railways, for uh, uh, pension funds, um, uh, and for uh, companies in the food and feed sector. Perfect. I mean, it all sounds like it's going well. Um, I'm interested, and I've got a question for you. Um, I mean, there's, we, we face a lot of challenges in life, in life about everything. Um, one of my questions to you in, uh, and to Amis Conclusion is, what are the challenges of scaling an, an IoT solution? Um, the challenges of scaling an IoT solution is uh, making sure that you can handle this, this um, explosive load of data and of, of data processing without um, the corresponding uh, explosion in, in uh, consumption cost of cloud or uh, data transport. So every time we take a next step in uh, scaling a solution, we have to assess what's the new uh, features we can use to keep cost in control and also to be able to uh, make the, the system robust and resilient for um, outage somewhere in, in the system whenever they, they happen. Um, so that, that's um, the next level, actually. And, and you see that it's often uh, quite difficult to bridge the gap from uh, linking a couple of devices or a thousand devices to scaling it up to, to 10 or 50,000 devices. That's, that's a whole other uh, board game. Um, you can't provision your devices manually anymore. You have to automate this. You can't monitor them uh, uh, by just looking at the dashboard. You have to automate monitoring. You have to automate security. 
So there's all sorts of automation which takes place when you scale this to, to this level. Yeah, superb. Uh, and it sounds like you're overcoming those. Um, so moving on, obviously, you, you may have heard the news that today the, the UK have got a, a new prime minister in place. So I think what I'm about to ask is is about to become a bit of a prominent conversation in the UK. And it's all about energy. Um, I know from the conversations we've had, uh, the energy sector is quite, quite big um, for, for what you guys are up to. So what is the current situation with the energy industry for for Amis, uh, conclusion and yourself at the moment? Um, we, we are working for several energy companies in the Netherlands um, and uh, we are helping uh, these companies in, in actually um, using data to uh, enable the energy transition uh, from a, a more carbon-based uh, fuel towards sustainable uh, fuel and sustainable energy. Um, the current energy crisis is, is just accelerating or emphasizing this issue even more. Um, but I think that the, the current crisis is, is going so fast that you can't catch up with technology. So this is something probably we have to uh, uh, um, sit out and, and uh, brace ourselves for, for the, the uh, current couple of months. Um, but I think it will help accelerating the uses of, of battery, of, of solar, of wind. Uh, of, of alternative sources like uh, uh, carbon, like hydrogen, for example, um, and also accelerate the use of, of uh, electrical vehicles. Yeah, I mean, so what you're saying is, if you're an investor, there's only one place to put your money right now, right? <laughs> That's in in other uses of source or, or electronic vehicles. I mean, ele EV electronic vehicles is, is massive and it's ever growing. I know that there's there's goals, especially in the UK, to to have everybody in electric vehicle by 2033, I think it is, um, which is crazy. What going back to kind of where we both are at the moment in the industry? Obviously, you're ahead of the Internet of Things. I do a lot of work around the IoT. So, what has the IoT enabled um, in the energy industry at the moment, Robert? Um, the thing IoT. The current IoT is enabling in the energy industry is, is something different than they're already doing for the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. Because uh, for the uh, as long as there are meters uh, connected in this this world, the, the energy companies are reading meters and, and using them for billing. Um, since the cost for a sensor is dropping rapidly, uh, and also the cost for data transport is, is dropping rapidly, and also the cost for uh, data processing is, is becoming uh, cheaper and cheaper. You're able to uh, do these measurements uh, more frequent and uh, with a more intensity, this more deeper into your whole network. And that means that you, you can use this data not only for billing your customers, but also to optimize the whole energy network and also to uh, influence the network when you see that, that certain um, uh, steering measurements will uh, um, uh, increase the, the uses of sustainable energy or, or uh, increase the, the revenue of the whole network. Um, and that's only, only possible when you are able to uh, do, do a massive number of measurements and also be able to uh, increase the frequency of measurements to, um, in our case, for, uh, for example, to uh, almost every minute. Yeah, yeah. Instead of every day, for example. Yeah, and uh, you've mentioned both words a couple of times in terms of profitability and um, and scalability and that sort of stuff. Um, I know there's a quote that goes out there, which is um, a lot of people that strongly believe there is a, a happy cohesion or a happy marriage, some people say, between sustainability and, and profitability. Do you think there's anything else that we can do to increase the efficiency 
between sustainability and capitalize on traditional energy? Um, um, I th I think, but I don't know if that's the answer of, of your question. Is that as the technology enthusiasts and and and, and the and, and people who are interested in integrating systems, I think they can work on, on making the systems who produce data from an energy network and who consume uh, energy uh, make the, the uh, data transfer between these systems mm -hmm. more transparent. Yeah. Uh, so at the moment, the biggest challenge is uh, 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 transforming data from system A to system B, uh, while um, uh, then the new future, you need to be able to uh, make data transport and data messaging transport between several uh, modalities of, of energy. Uh, so in, in, in the um, traditional way, you have a um, uh, gas-powered energy plant that produces uh, power. Mm -hmm. It's being um, uh, transported to, to individual homes and, and companies, and that's it. Now there's a, a lot of components in this whole network available to, to steer this network, to store energy a little bit. In between, for example, in batteries or in, in uh, uh, to transfer uh, um, electrical power to heat or to other energy farms, and and you need to be able to uh, communicate between all these different sources of energy between wind, uh, solar, battery, uh, electric vehicles, heat pumps in in homes, and also big energy uh, and consuming uh, appliances in companies um, to be able to. Um, steer the network in more detail and to influence the network and to be able to to uh, make it more sustainable in general. Yeah, perfect. I think you summed it up quite nicely at the start. I think it's just about what we're facing at the moment. It's just about riding it out, I think was the terms you, you used for a couple of months. Um, I know there's a lot of exciting stuff going on. For instance, I know um, uh, a company has just been given quite a lot of funding that, that could change the whole electronic vehicle market where they can reduce battery charging from like hours down to, to minutes, like 30 minutes for a whole charge. I mean, if that mm -hmm. comes about and that is actually something that can be done, the whole energy sector changes straight away anyway. So um, let's talk about other exciting news. Let's talk about some trends, shall we? So okay. um, I know yeah. that you're involved in a lot of different things. Uh, some of the conversations we've had, we've just, we just keep talking because uh, there are mm -hmm. trends. I know digital twin is a big thing for, for you, Rob Breck. So, what are your thoughts and experience around digital twin? Um, uh, I think digital twin can be valuable, especially when you have a large network and uh, with a lot of um, um, components which influence each other. Mm -hmm. uh, but on the other hand, you also see a digital twin as a kind of uh, a marketing term. So yeah. um, when everything, uh, whenever you have a, um, a physical plant displayed in a 3D model, you can call it the digital twin and then it makes uh, sure that you, you're um, uh, doing the latest, the greatest and hippest things. Um, and I think um, people need to realize that it, it, it costs a lot of time and effort to realize a real digital twin <clears throat> and to make sure that you are really linked to uh, specific use cases. Um, and as I uh, read in an article last week somewhere, I posted in, on LinkedIn, you see that 70% of industrial companies are uh, implementing or uh, already have implemented the digital twin, yeah. but also a majority of them are still searching for a practical use case. Yeah. Um, so that, that's quite surprising for me. Uh, 
because why would you invest in something without even knowing that there's an epic application? <laughs> yeah, I know. So, <laughs> some people just kind of t- jump on the bandwagon, right? And it's it's like no. everyone's talking about it, so we must we have we have to do it. Um, based on your experience, what when do you see digital twin being successful? But on the flip side of that coin, when when is digital twin not actually needed? Uh, what um, when it's not needed if. Uh, when you're using it as a kind of marketing tool to show that you can show the 3D model with your data. Uh, it, I think uh, in most cases, and we also see that in, in our, my current project, I think still uh, there's a lot of low hanging fruit. And I think almost 70% of the cases we are implementing is just implementing um, a simplified logic, uh, not even uh, machine learning or, or algorithm, but just uh, a discrete logic. Um, and I think for 20, 30% of the cases, you can apply a, a digital twin to see a whole network uh, in total. And for example, uh, simulate what's happening when when there's some outage, when you, you increase the throughput in a network, uh, when uh, you change something in sourcing or in, in supply or demand. Um, so in, in uh, the real usage of digital twin is to be able to have a fixed model of the infrastructure be able to uh, link it uh, to real-time data, uh, which is happening right now in this whole infrastructure with all these components, and then being able to simulate something uh, what will happen if I turn off this valve, what will turn, what happens when I, when this uh, 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 pump breaks down, yeah. what happens when this this uh, uh, appliance will not work, and then how many people are affected, or what will this do to my overall level of service? Yeah, and that. And that's when I see the best use cases, and I'm sure you have uh, many a times if it's implemented <clears throat> correctly and in the right ways, it can be can be so handy. I do want to come back to something you mentioned just a second ago, but I am going to digress slightly um, because something's just popped into my head that I know that you've spoken about a couple of times or we've briefly spoken about, and that's Industry 4.0 and Industry 5.0. Um, mm-hmm. Where where do you see us at the moment? Do you, where do you see the transition in that? And then I'll I'll come back to something else you touched on. So. Um, I think the ma- majority of the work and the majority of the advantages are still being uh, um, uh, reaped from the industry 4, 4.0 mm-hmm. um, by actually uh, opening up uh, systems and being able to measure data and see what's ha- what's really happening. Um, the, uh, uh, the, the next step using uh, machine learning uh, algorithms and uh, artificial intelligence um, that will um, uh, will be built on having actual high high quality data, and uh, so uh, jumping directly into uh, something like an an, um, an asset brain, for example. So make every asset smart and, and letting it tell to the uh, maintenance crew what's happening when they need uh, maintenance and, and what's the the quality of service it needs to be built upon real solid high quality uh, uh, interchangeable data. I think that's that's what we will be working on for the, the next couple of, uh, of years. Um, uh, before, uh, of course, there are already uh, usages of, of machine learning and, and computer vision, for example, is something which I think will um, do a lot in in very boring uh, tasks, which which uh, are currently done by by humans. Yeah. Um, but the real um, step towards a real machine or, or asset intelligence, I think it will take, take uh, still take a little bit of time. 
Perfect. I'm glad you finished with that bit because that's going to bring me back in. I, I do this a lot. I get I get frowned upon at, at home or whenever I'm doing. If I think of something, I need to ask it. Otherwise, I'll think, okay. oh, I'll go back to that. And then I never actually go back to that. Um, it's a terrible right. memory. But you finished at a good point because I wanted to come back to the machine learning that you were talking about, um, machine learning and AI. So um, what are the best applications of that? And what, what direction do you see mach- machine learning and AI going? Because it seems to be one of the fastest growing topics everywhere, basically. Uh, um, the application I see is, is uh, at the moment uh, automating a lot of uh, quite uh, tedious and repetitive tasks, which is still being done by, by humans, like in, uh, uh, what, what I mentioned right now, uh, video inspections, uh, if uh, certain uh, installations are being done correctly. Um, which are still being watched by by humans. There, there, there are uh, examples of, of uh, people who are in full time job just watching video of, of uh, train tracks, for example, or uh, yeah. uh, of road uh, road sign. There's a lot of automation in that area, and I think that will uh, increase the quality, but also increase the the uh, employer health and employer joy. Yeah, um, and they can uh, can emphasize on the. Uh, anomalies in this area so there, there are probably going to be some uh, uh, positive uh, types where, where reparation is needed in a road or in a trail track, rail track and there are some false positives and you need to assess if these are really uh, cases or not and you have to assess those and you can focus on on the future planning instead of just doing uh, the current work yeah uh, perfect and it means that that um, still even jobs where you need a high level of education uh, can probably also be automated uh, by machine learning, uh, especially when it's, it's around uh, um, uh, testing, about assessing if something is done correctly. Uh, that's, that's, I think that's going to be disappeared or replaced by machine learning or for, for, for computer vision. Yeah, I'm going to read you a quote because I would like to come in with a lot of research. I'm going to read you a quote that I've seen, uh, and I'm interested to get your thoughts on it. Um, So a study by Oxford University and Yale University indicated that AI will outperform humans in many ways and will automate all human jobs in the next 120 years. So they're anticipating by 2024, for instance, AI will be better than humans at translation. They'll write best-selling books by 2049 and will perform surgeries in 2053. Do you agree? Do you see see that the direction that we're going in? No, then we can take a pension early. (laughs) <laughs> can't we all i wonder if they'll be out of yeah. podcasts <laughs> and then yeah, we can <laughs> also replace her with, with the drone um i think that the, the it will be partly true uh, yeah. i think a lot of jobs will be replaced by by some kind of automation or machine learning or algorithms um and i'm still wondering if you can do something in the in the field of creativity uh but also the, the same with the dali five i think that's the called yeah, uh, there's also a great example where you can instruct a computer just to generate a picture based on, on some text um, and it will create a, a, a real image uh, uh, based upon your instructions. But the actual, actual creativity is inventing the idea that you want to see an uh, astronaut on a pony on the moon. Yeah. Um, and that's not something a computer can invent, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's very, that's very true. So. I mean, look, before we wrap up, it, a couple of the key takeaways here is is excitement. I think is probably one way that we can wrap this up in terms of 
even the energy sector at the moment, which a lot of people are worried about. A lot of people are just seeing the short-term pain that we're going to be in. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head, Robert. I think it is about biding your time, uh, but the direction that that whole sector is going um, is exciting. Again, I think things like digital twin, if they're using the right way, and there's plenty of other technologies out there, but I think digital twin and machine learning that we've touched on are two of the main things. Is there anything else that uh, even around those core subjects or any other um, technologies that you might be working on, or you might be seeing that you're quite excited about or or anything else you want to add on, on what Amis Conclusion are doing at the moment? I think um, I see a tendency towards a more plug and play IoT uh, solutions that, that um, uh, I think in the past five years, it was uh, in the beginning very um, complicated to connect devices towards uh, actually uh, um, uh, communication modules and then having the data sent out to the cloud and being, being able to use it. At the moment, you see more and more devices which are certified and which are being uh, actually working as a kind of uh, plug-and-play IoT. So you just connect them to a, a communication module and uh, it's being discovered as my device and then uh, it's, it's sending data. So that makes it a lot more easier. Um, and I think um, despite all the, the, the trendy innovations, uh, there's so much so much low-hanging fruit in use cases that, that think we can also focus on those parts where, where you can see that with very simple solutions, uh, you can just see what's happening. Um, uh, to give you an example, we just installed uh, temperature sensors in our office, uh, and uh, that was in the uh, in the winter. Uh, and we uh, soon discovered that in some rooms that the, the thermostat was uh, deliberately set to a very high uh, level, and you can reduce some energy uses in, in those rooms by just measuring them. Mm. Uh, nobody's going to check uh, 20 rooms or if the thermostat is set correctly. If you measure every uh, every half hour, you can have a, a very solid plan just to reduce energy usage and keep the comfort level uh, according to what, what your, your employees want. Yeah. I think a lot of what you, you, you're saying is bang on. One thing that came into my head then, and I hear it quite a lot, is uh, interoperability. Um, what Do you think that that will ever happen? I mean, my, my my immediate thing is there's a lot of big players out there in the field. I see, for instance, if we talk about cloud, you, you've got the obvious, you've got the Amazons, you've got the, the Apples, all that sort of stuff. Do you ever think that they will be friendly enough towards each other to, to link together and we'll, we'll all be able to use everything as a whole? No, I see more and more the devices and gateways which are um, uh, operating based on an IP number and not based upon a local network or something. Mm. So uh, that means that you can use them with an API. Uh, they're still very uh, 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 proprietary protocols now and then, but then every next generation is becoming better and better. And and, and probably there, there uh, it would be an illusion to say there would be one kind of um, Internet of Things communication protocol um, yeah. everywhere, but there probably will be uh, some some kind of two or three, so like like the Google and the Apple uh, IT uh, protocol. Yeah. Um, and that will be sufficient if you say, well, we're working in this, this industry and we're using this this standard. You see that, that several companies are working together, especially in the, in the field of digital twin, for example. There are large companies, uh, uh, OEM uh, uh, vendors, but also companies like Microsoft and, and Amazon together to make a, a standard. And uh, it won't be implemented directly, but, but every company is... Uh, 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 committing to implementing the standard um, in the near future. 
yeah. that makes but, it very easy to communicate with with each other and makes our work and on one hand less work for us on the other hand we can can implement use cases quicker there's a lot of direction in this conversation for us either retiring or or just giving up <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's exciting again it's just something else that we considering where we've come in in recent years to where we are now there's still yeah. so much to look forward to which is great um but thank you for all of that um i have pre-warned you uh we do like to do at the end uh, a quick fire questions um there isn't many uh hopefully they'll mm -hmm. be quite straightforward um so you're not timed don't worry so although it says quick fire you're not under pressure um <laughs> the first one is uh just your favorite technology that you either own or that you've seen um what i've uh, the favorite technology is still my bowser uh audio device because yep. it only has uh, just a volume button so yep. every complicated stuff is hidden uh, to perfect audio, it's probably uh, uh, tuned automatically, uh, and it doesn't show me all the the uh, equalizers and all the the other stuff I liked uh, when I was 16. And uh, now I've just got an audio device with just the volume button and a one off, a one and off button, on an off button, and that's it. Yeah, it's I clever, think technology it? needs to be like that, like uh, less complicated for the end users and high quality. Yeah, simplified. Great. Um, next question is your biggest achievement in your career. Um, I'm still proud that I managed to create a community of almost 10 companies like Ami's uh, Conclusion who are able to collaborate together in, in uh, creating training, um, education, but also partner management and, and even conferences. And I created that, uh, I think, eight or nine years ago. Um, and it's still running, and I, I uh, um, uh, resigned as the, the the head, so it's still running like an open source community, without um, any mutual contracts or uh, uh, other kind of uh, legal stuff. Uh, but it's just a, a group of technology enthusiasts making uh, sure that technology is going to work better. Perfect, amazing. You should be proud of that. Well done. Yeah. Um, Last, uh, well, not last one, sorry, another one. Uh, describe your business in three words. Um, that's the Dutch word, but it's, I think it's artisanship. Uh, um, so it's professional and um, fun. Brilliant. Uh, we, we've had this conversation before. You can keep it brief, I promise. Thoughts on the metaverse? Um, it's I I, um, I like it, but it's still it's still um, uh, it's like a solution looking for a problem, <laughs> and it's a, it's a very sexy solution. So that makes it very appealing. Uh, yeah. And I think so, some areas uh, uh, it uh, it helps uh, doing short meetings together and to be able to see each other. I I, I did the, uh, some conferences in. Uh, the metaverse solution of Microsoft, um, and that that's really, uh, uh, it's a good setup. But I can't spend there a whole day. It's it's good for a conference of two hours, and then uh, I'm fed up with chat and uh, uh, and and the, the very uh, comic-like figures. And then I want to yeah. to go back to the real uh, the real world. Yeah, uh, but I can is... I think it can be very helpful. 
but I don't think people will spend there the whole day uh, in, in the metaverse. Yeah. Uh, and then on the flip side of that, some people probably that might spend the whole day and it will be quite disappointed when they come back to reality. So, but that's a whole different worry. Um, three more. Uh, one yeah. word answer for this one. Are you Apple or Android? Apple. Thought as much. Uh, your biggest inspiration? Um, um. Always gets people. Always gets people <laughs> thinking that way. <laughs> um well my biggest inspiration um was actually my uh first boss who were uh allowed me to do very big projects even though i was very inexperienced and um the as soon as i made my first error um he just stood up for me and said well this is my uh, i'm responsible for you so i'll call the customer and you can fix it uh, so that was my first learning uh, is to be able to to stand for your team and give them freedom and if they make an error then uh, you catch the uh, discussion with your boss with your customer sorry yeah. uh, but you can leave your team fixing it because that, that's the biggest learning for me that when i make an error and i will never make that error again yeah perfect and the final question if you were to pick one word to summarize the technology landscape this year what would you pick one word um good luck moving <laughs> moving what was that? moving yeah <laughs> great choice it's i like in, that in flux uh, okay <laughs> no. um we we've reached the end uh rob brett thank you it's been fun it's been informative um it's exactly what we want to try and build um yeah. if you can just let the the viewers know of your socials amis conclusion socials or or websites yeah. uh where can they find you I think it will be mentioned somewhere in the comments on, of this uh, this video, and um, there are se there's several. You can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, or you can visit our website, which is also a part in English. Um, and uh, we have some Twitter accounts you can follow where we post uh, either on promotion, but also uh, uh, insights of the industry. Again, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, hopefully, we can we can connect again soon and. Yeah, the people, hopefully, if they, they're watching, they liked it, liked it enough to subscribe, everybody, please. Uh, and, and that's a wrap. <laughs> exactly. All right. Robert, thank you so much. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks a lot. Okay. It was a pleasure being here.